I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Well, I know that you and I back in our day would be really good dancing and listening to music, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Oh, back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. God, I'm aging myself. And so, uh, <laughs> and so here we are looking at now as psychologists, the impact of music on behavior and emotion and everything else. What's up, Nikki? Yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about this today because, you know, I, obviously, um, well, we're not musicians, <laughs> we should say. However, You're we are. Con- no. Oh, terrible. Do you have any like music, music talent? Uh, no. I mean, I like, I like group dance. Like I did a lot of dance growing up, but okay. I didn't, um, but, and I, and I took piano lessons for a long time, but I was just not, not very skilled at it. I just like my piano teacher. She was so nice. So I kept taking it, but I was not very. <laughs> <laughs> I took saxophone lessons. You did. You did. That's really cool. During it's elementary very, school. It's, it's very Bill Clinton of you. <laughs> <laughs> didn't stick. <laughs> I know I took violin also in elementary school for oh, like, yeah, me too. like, but, but that I really hated. I did it for, I don't know. I think it was like a month or two and I, I was stopped. not patient. Yeah. It's actually, I, I remember during the violin, she was a PhD. She was a doctor. She had a doctorate. Oh, so wow. I was always so confused that this doctor woman came to my house. <laughs> to take the violin. I never, I didn't know that you could not be a physician and be a doctor. <laughs> well, and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> <Tuesday>. <laughs> Two two non medical doctors here. Um, well, so to, to that point, uh, Pete and I are not musicians, but we are consumers of music. We are consumers of music, and so today we're going to discuss some of the impacts that music can have on how you feel. And uh, so, I mean, I, I I guess let's just look at what what what's like your top uh, um, playlist that you listen to. Maybe can we start with that? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I, we've mentioned a little bit about this before, so we I have? actually God, yeah, your well, memory we've... is ridiculous. <laughs> my old elephant brain. Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, I always actually tell people I'm not, I'm not cool about music at all. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm really not, like, I don't know, like, well, one, cause I'm not a musician. And then two, I don't like follow a lot of new stuff, but you yeah. know, I've mentioned before, I love my top music is like nineties, nineties hip hop. Oh, we have said that. That's yeah, right. we have yeah. said that, but I also like eighties. I love eighties pop. I so love do you use like, this rock, is, and, but, and we yeah. don't have a sponsor, but like, do you use Spotify or Apple music or what do you use? I use, uh, I use Spotify. I tend to use Spotify. Um, yeah. And I like, but but even that, that's is why I'm not cool. It's like, I I really feel like I just discovered making playlists on it. Like the last, why even make a playlist? That's how I feel about that. Oh, because it's like certain songs I want to listen to. Like, I mean, I like the random ones, but I'm like, I, I do enjoy making playlists. I think this is where you and I are lazy. That's actually a big difference. Wait, you would make a playlist? Yeah, I do make playlists. God, no. But, but I'll make like one, but this is how lazy I am. I make <laughs> one one for the seat. I'll call be, you know, they're not very creatively titled. It would be like fall 2021. Just want to be in the mood for it right now. Yeah, in the fall yeah. 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, this is how it, not creative I am. I just listen to all the ones that other people create. I, I've literally never, I actually, I made one playlist in the 10 plus years I've been using Spotify. So, so what, so what kinds of, so in the service of talking about like what music does for us as consumers, like what, what is it like for you when you like find a playlist, like you really like, you know, for me, it's like when I create one, what does it do for you emotionally? 
Well, I heart it because, and then I maybe try and figure out how to get back to it because I also don't always visit well, the ones that I heart. Pete, but those, but those are behaviors. What does they, it do for you? <laughs> <laughs> what does oh. it do for you emotionally? Well, I think I seek the music depending on what, on what I'm feeling. So that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing I want to talk about. I'm curious actually what you yeah. think of this, because I actually don't know the science of this, but why is it that if we're sad, we listen to sad music, you know, and if we're like going to the gym, we listen to upbeat music. Like, do we know, is there, is, do you know any science around that? I don't know any science around the music of it specifically, though what I can say is that it is, um, just if we think of listening to music that aligns with the emotion we're feeling, that is going to fit very nicely into what we've discussed on the podcast before, which are the action urges that are hardwired into each emotion. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when we feel sad, the action urges to withdraw, when we feel angry, the action urges to fight, when we feel scared, the action urges to run away. So there is this hardwired tendency to kind of um, do what an emotion is telling you to do. And music pulls for that because music has uh, emotional influences and connotations. So, you know, something, sometimes that can be helpful. Like when you're saying, if you want to go to the gym and you're, you know, that's, that's sort of energizing and maybe joyful, you might be drawn to joyful, energizing music though. In third wave cognitive behavioral therapies, we actually, you know, Pete and I, when we're with patients, if someone's struggling with depression, one thing we're going to tell somebody when they're making a list of like coping strategies, we'll say, do not listen to sad music. Right. right. Do not, because what that's going to do is actually exacerbate uh, what it is they're already feeling. We want them to do the opposite. Right. Well, it that's mean opposite action. I, I, correct. I'm going to push you on that because I, I don't think I would say to someone, don't do it because I don't. I think that's why I like Buddhism because Buddhism was told you what to do. But as a raised Catholic, I was told what not to do. Right. Well, sure. Fair. Well, I was going to say, so Buddhism, <laughs> right. There was a behaviorist. We will say, like, I'll say, I, yes. I will say, I will say that because I'll say right. if someone's don't really depressed. Yeah. Well, I would say, I would say like, don't, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I don't want you to do that. Like I want you to yeah. actually go listen to something um, or watch something like a TV show that's soothing or, yeah. or funny. Right. Well, so it's funny enough that the only, the one playlist huh? I did make is Jim, Dr. Pete. <laughs> so it's, I just, I, it's just for the gym that I just, just I, for the gym. So and there's the a bunch of nineties music in there too. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. As, uh, as to be expected. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but, um, so you would actually tell clients, hey, if you're sad, don't listen to sad. Notice, like, notice the urge to listen to sad music and maybe try and listen to like something a little bit more calming or. Yeah, I think it's going to, I mean, and look, it's going to depend on the context, right? It's not that I'm going to say across the board, you're never allowed to listen to sad music if you're sad, right? It's more like if someone's depressed, we really don't want them to engage in behaviors that's going to increase dysregulation, right? So right. we do, I would exactly say that. I would say, I want you to be mindful of the urge to do it. And we're actually going to focus on other behaviors that are opposite action to begin to help regulate what you're feeling. Yes. Um, and music, you know, and music is powerful, right? It can elicit yes. such strong emotion. I mean, I would encourage listeners to think about not just joyful music, but like, you know, think of, you know, I, for example, I'm not, like I said, I'm not cool about music. I'm not, <laughs> not expert about it, but like classical music is a great example. Like there's, yeah. and I don't know anything about classical music and there have been times where I've gone Nothing. to listen to it and it hits me in a way that I, yeah. it's like overwhelming. Um, it, yeah. Well, there, there's research that found that, uh, I guess it was Van Del Toll and Jane Edwards. They were trying to find out about like why it is that people listen to it. And so what they found was that that, that connect. So this is interesting as a behaviorist, mm. it was the connection to the feeling to kind of re-experience the feeling is why people mm. might seek it. So again, as a behaviorist, we're saying perhaps that's not the best experience. But, 
Well, I guess like it, it'll depend, I guess, right? It always depends. It's, it always depends because it's funny that um, that's what you're bringing up because I was just thinking for me, yeah, I have a lot of learned associations with certain music, right? Like there's some music where I'll be like this this artist or this song is like some of the best times of my life, or it's like yeah. times like parties in college or things. That was like their, that. that was their, that was one of the other main findings. It was a memory trigger. Yeah. 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 For me, pers- actually, I'm curious if this is the same for you personally, the, the strongest um, memory triggers for me are music and then smell like scent. Yeah. I would probably say music, I, less sense. I mean, sense a little mm. bit, but I would say pr- music for sure. I think. Yeah. That- you listen to things and it just brings you right back to that moment. And so, I mean, I think, yeah. nothing, you know, that's the power of mind. And I think if mm-hmm. for a listener, everyone has experienced that there, sure. there's not a human who hasn't. No, no. Because again, even if you're somebody that again, like uh, Pete and myself, right. If you're not a musician, like music has been around in human cultures for as long as humans have been around. Yeah. Right. That's right. So, you know, so we, we've always been, um, you know, using sound as a way to express ourselves, connect with other human beings, right? And, you know, potentially, um, you know, increase emotion for, you know, for better or worse here. Yeah. And so one of the reasons that I wanted to do this topic today, uh, listeners, is because as I was driving, uh, coming into the office to record today with Nikki, uh, and I was listening to some Tibetan sound bowls. Mm. And so I literally, I'm also not cool. And you're definitely (laughs) cooler than I am, but I'm definitely not. (laughs) But I'm not cool. So that I just was on Spotify and I just kind of, whatever I'm in the mood for it, I was like, wait, I always do meditation or Zen or spa. Those are like my top, my top three words are probably often meditation, Zen or spa. And uh-huh. so I was like, let me try Tibetan. Let me go different. And I went to Tibetan and these bowls popped up and I was like, I just put that on. Um, and it was just really, really relaxing. And uh, it reminded me of this study that found, I don't know, have you ever, Marconi Union, have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't actually. So I'll put that in, in the description, but Marconi Union, this song, uh, Weightless, uh, it was studied uh, and by the Mind Lab International. And they found that uh, res- that the, by people listening to this song resulted in a 65% reduction in the participants' overall anxiety and 35% in their usual, usual physiological resting rates. So like they also studied the f- physiology of it. That's so interesting. Well, and this is where, you know, music, um, we're obviously going to have to also talk about the impact just of sound in general, right? We'll, so we'll go there now then. Well, yeah, no, 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 I know. I, 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 I <laughs> give me a minute. I'm about oh, I'm <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> you better do it right in a second. I'm like, I, I am, I am. So, you, you know, so music obviously is, uh, you know, there's creativity involved and it's, uh, the, per, yeah. like, a conscious production of sound. Um, but sounds just like Tibet, you know, it's like Tibetan, uh, bowls. bowls, It's like, like the bowls, it's like, would we call that music or would we call it sound? It's like, then I start to think of, because then I start to think about Om, like what you chant. Yeah. is is, And I'm going to forget the, the hurts, the, the, the decibel. It's like supposed to be, my understanding is that that aligns with like the, um, the sound of the universe. Like there's yeah. some consistent number that is recorded scientifically, um, across certain, um, situations. Yeah. So that those, like that sound has an impact on our brain waves, right? Like that it's yeah. supposed to soothe things. So 
you know, I, I think that's very interesting. It's like, yeah. you know, I start to think like we're wired in that way. Right. Yeah. Well, also, I guess when I think when I, what I, what's coming to mind to me as you're speaking is probably this definition, which might be from the IQ uh-huh. testing, I, that <laughs> it's rhythm. Like the definition of music is about rhythm or sound or whatever. So the sound would also be music. Yeah, I was. I'm just laughing because I was like, "We're we're really showing how how inexpert we are in in uh, talking about this." Though, so, but but again, I think that's why um, maybe helpful to uh, to have this episode because we're not actually talking about music as experts. We're talking about it as humans who consume that, right? Right. With, right. Obviously, we're weaving in some of the the psychology here. Yeah. Is is there music? Um, you know, like any styles of music that are associated, for example, in, in Buddhism, or is it more sounds that the focus is on? Well, uh, there is music called Kirtan mm. and Kirtan, which I'll also just put in the description is actually really beautiful for uh, listeners that are looking for, you know, meditative practices without sitting in silence. Uh, mm. and so Kirtan is a meditative practice from the East. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that the, the, that, that, that the origins are from Buddhism per se, mm-hmm. but certainly from Eastern traditions where there's chanting and it's, um, it's very rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Um, it is singing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you've likely done it in one of your yoga retreats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure I have, I mean, I've definitely, uh, done chanting though, that tends to, you know, cause yoga, um, tends to grow out of, you know, Hindu traditions There's right. sort of, you know, it's more aligned with that, but, but that of course makes me think how chanting and singing again exists across, um, all religious and spiritual traditions, Absolutely. right? Like in, in yeah. Judaism, there's a cantor who it's not just a rabbi. Yes. There's a cantor who leads the singing specifically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so probably, probably all churches. Yeah, that's it. I said, places I think of worship. That's what I. That's that's what I think. I mean, because I think it speaks to just how um, inherent it is in human culture, right? Like that we yeah. sing and move and want to um, both like uh, like emote, right? Like let out yeah. and and experience and consume this like beautiful sounds actually. Well, and I think it, what comes to mind also is in the Zen practice that I do mm-hmm. with my teacher, uh, we do chant, um, mm-hmm. as well, but in, in a, in, in like a singing way, there's often somebody who sings or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, so that's also very similar. And the chants are like, you know, um, they're teachings as well. So they're mm-hmm. like the heart sutra or, you know, how to like connect with your heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's really, uh, like the diamond sutra. So there's sutras, which are also parts of singing, chanting. And so we're seeing that, like you just said that, and you'll often read that music is a universal language. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and also um, for some people, it can be something spiritual, you know, yes. obviously we're, we're talking about, you know, the practice in um, religious or spiritual traditions of yeah. uh, actually singing or chanting though. It's, it's funny. Cause I was recently, um, I was at a concert uh, the other week with a friend and you did? the, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. At the Hollywood bowl. Yeah. My first time back um, cool. in a while. Um, and we were having a discussion after about uh, this friend, uh, neither of us, neither of us are, are singers. We can't sing. Um, but just, you know, watching, uh, the artist, 
we were saying, you know, it made a lot of sense that if, you know, I've read yeah. a lot of, uh, and, and seen a lot of interviews with artists that are, uh, that are vocalists that will say they, or, or lyricists too, I guess they feel like they're channeling something like that yeah. has been a, a constant. I mean, have you heard, I, I've like heard that a lot. They'll feel it. They'll say like, I don't know. It's like, it comes through me, Absolutely, right? Like yeah. the sound or the words or the music that they're writing. And yes. You know, I haven't had that experience because I'm not um, musical in that way, though that makes sense to me just being somebody listening to it and watching someone perform. Yeah, yeah. Well, and maybe because if you've ever listened to a song that triggered a memory and you're really connected with and maybe you cried, I mean, that in and of itself is that kind of yeah. coming through you. And I think yes. probably every listener has. And, uh, you know, there are also impacts like music can uh, improve cognitive performance. So it's interesting. It's like a nice dialectic where um, you probably see this, that a lot of times people, the, one of the first things they do when they go home is like turn something on, you know, yeah. turn mm -hmm. music on. And then if we're, if we're practicing mindfulness, I'll say, just notice that and maybe try to like observe that for a minute before doing it. Yes. Maybe uh -huh. See what comes up in the silence, Yeah, you know, but there's also evidence that like working with some background, like you mm -hmm. said, classical music. Um, I often go to like some of these, like if, if you go to like Mark Marconi union channel mm -hmm. or um, like new age type music, or even mm -hmm. brainwaves, you, you mentioned yeah. Ohm. Yeah. I think, I think, Oh, maybe an alpha. I, I was trying to look that up as we were talking, but I, I, I'm not that, but I, I think it is, <laughs> I'm not that smart, but it is, <laughs> I think it's like eight Hertz is like alpha. And I think, I think it's, it's, yes. Yeah, There's the it, theta waves too. I mean, this is where I, yeah. You know, alpha, beta, expertise. theta, delta, you know, yeah. just, you and I were never in sororities or fraternities. So no, so, <laughs> we, yeah. didn't learn, <laughs> we didn't learn, but this. I'm Greek, so I should know better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so, so again, there's just, I think what we're really um, highlighting here is that there's, there's also, there's something universal about yes. human connection to sound. And, mm -hmm. and I might even, you know, say, extend this to our um, animal cousins, right? Because I know they've started mm -hmm. to study some things with like playing certain music for dogs, right? Obviously animals don't necessarily that we know of, um, I guess, make, make music, but they mm -hmm. do respond to sound, um, effectively, you know, yes. um, I, I actually, this is like one of my favorite, uh, studies that I read a long time ago, which was there was, it's funny, of course it was with rats and apparently there's like a certain way you can like rub a rat's like belly and yeah. they'll, they'll, uh, like basically you're tickling the rat. Like it's, it's done in like a playful way and they'll make sort of like a, um, like a rat giggling sound, I guess. Aww. And then the study was they recorded that and played it for other rats and they yeah. found it and the other rats found it soothing. Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow, it's amazing. Yeah. It's powerful. And all these yeah. things, it's probably, it probably links to the neuroscience. Uh, and so maybe we'll have a, a guest on for that, but I, I think we're already coming to the end on mm. This, this discussion around music. I, I don't know. How, before we end, how are you feeling as we're talking about music? I'm I'm feeling, I actually feel kind of joyful, I think. And I think maybe that's, <laughs> I really, I think it's because Anna, you know, soothe, probably because it's like, as we've been talking, it's been cueing memories and thoughts yeah. and music that I uh, enjoy listening to. Um, and, you know, maybe I need to make another playlist. <laughs> oh my God. And keep, well, and be sure to share your playlist with me because you're the, I'm the lazy one over here who doesn't make it. But, <laughs> I will, I will. Uh, but yeah, I think you've probably cued some memories or maybe you're also just thinking about petting that rat. Maybe that too, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, I think just, you know, for listeners, just consider whether or not, you know, the role that music plays in your world and your life. Uh, there is research that shows it improves memory. You can also sleep better, manage pain, improve mood, and just notice the role that it has in your life and maybe see what you're going to tune into and what playlist you listen to today. 
This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.